Legend tales of a place where the booze flows freely and the stories are always entertaining. If you were bold enough to seek out such a place, head 13 miles down the Tuscan Highway to a tiny blues joint known as the Townsmith Tavern. Once there, <laughs> enjoy the ride. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to a UA production of Beer, Blues, and Bowl. Excuse me, excuse me, you can't say that. You're going to lose your family-friendly rating. You're going to corrupt the kids. B.S. A podcast that invites you to grab a cool beverage, pull up a seat, and enjoy time with friends. And here are your hosts, Howard Blues and the Mark Kidder. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Beer, Blues, and BS, the podcast that is as silky smooth as James Spader's voice. I'm your host, Howard Blues, here, as always, with my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the Mark Kidder. Kidder, how are you doing tonight? As silky as a buzzsaw. Here we are, Friday night, another show, ready to go. I'm I'm okay. Why am I just okay? We'll dive into that. Dive into it, maybe drown in it. We're not sure, but we'll figure that out over the next two or so hours of this here show that we call Beer, Blues, and BS. <sighs> That's the short answer for you, Howie Blues. How are you doing this uh, fine Friday evening? Well, Kidder, I'm I'm excited as always to be here. It's been a week, man. I feel like I haven't said that catchphrase in a while. Um, it, it feels has... like you're hiding something. Well, Kidder, I I, I think you noticed that. Um, I've been doing some editing, and uh, I I know he was just here last week. It was mostly just for a joke against the gentleman from Indiana, but. Uh, <clears throat> We had some penalties in last week's episode. Surprising. Bring. That that shirt's not all tattered up with how much use it's had over the past six months. Well, you know, actually there was a very long stretch where Howard the Ref was not on the show. Like, he had his, like, heyday for a little bit, and then it was, like, you know, gone for quite a while. So, uh, yes, Kidder, we had two penalties on last week's episode. Uh, the first penalty... It's a very simple two-minute minor for, uh, you know, basically bad manners. Yeah. Uh, you never asked me how I was doing last week, Kidder. It hurt. It hurt. Uh, <clears throat> okay. The, so uh, the minute, other penalty. Two minutes of BS have been assessed. Continue. <laughs> yes. Uh, the other penalty, Kidder, was a little bit more egregious. Uh I have to uh, to give us a two-minute bench penalty uh, for too many plugs in the episode. Uh, in fact, in the first 30 minutes, Kidder, there were not one, not two, not three, but seven cheap plugs. I know, because I counted. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. An audience but how many were there at the end compared to the normal episode? Uh, you know, see, and I haven't even finished the episode. Like I, that's, that's in like the first 30, 
I haven't gotten to the cheap plug section and I'm almost guaranteed that there's a couple more before I get there. Mm. Um, I have edited some out, but you also, we also were kind of annoying at times where we referenced the fact that this has been a lot of cheap plugs and made jokes off of it. So I had to leave them in. So as you uh, should. So for you, the audience, Plug if you're away. like, if you guys are like, hey, you guys are laying on the plugs a little bit heavy. We're sorry, but, um, you know, we made comments. We're only sorry if you don't buy our merch at beerbluesbs.com. Click on merch. Which, uh, Kidder, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because I, I am not going to wear this the whole time. I actually got some merch. Yeah. Show off that sweet swag. Yeah, I am wearing the official uh, National Snow Shoveling League shirt. So, yeah. You are now good. now part of the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what does the back look like on that stylish piece of artwork that you are now donning this evening? Ah, it's just got the logo on the back, like the show logo. It's okay. If people really want to see it, Kidder, they should go to BeerBluesBS.com, click on the merch button, and there they could see it in its glory, along with all of the other wonderful designs that we have up there. And you call me Cheap Plug Master. <laughs> hey, at least I'm also supporting the product. So It's it's very true. Very true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Looks pretty good. Yeah. Spent, we've, we have spent a lot of time making that merch look as awesome as possible. So, again, like Howie Blues just said, beerbluesbs.com, click on merch. I haven't uh, washed my pint glass yet, Kidder. Otherwise, I would uh, use that tonight. But I hadn't got to that quite yet. So, future episodes. Keep in the lodge. There'll be some more merch showing off at times. Absolutely, because that's what we do here on the Triple B. Promote ourselves. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I do have a funny story for you, you kidder. I, I just thought I would share, because um, I got a laugh out of it today. Uh, today, Lefty and Junior came and visited me at work, and which they do on occasion. And they were they were there. Uh, we went up to the treehouse up in the Heritage Center. Junior played around there. We went down to the Inspiration Gallery. He drove the tractor. He did pretty well with that. Uh, You know, so it was good. It was very good. Uh, But as we were going to leave, one of his other favorite uh, sections in there is there's a little uh, soda shop exhibit and mock-up. And uh, we started walking towards. He got really excited. He ran in there, and he decided... I'm going to run behind the counter because I can. And he's going, he's looking at everything and kidder, you can't get behind the counter. There's a lovely clear glass partition there. So, uh, poor Howie Jr. went bonk right into it, fell over. We had some good tears. Um, it, it was one of those things like as a parent, you sometimes have these moments where you don't want to laugh. But you just can't help it, you know? It was just so funny. But at the same time, you're like, oh, I'm sorry, buddy. That that probably scared you quite a bit. But it was it was uh it was funny. 
So it's an NDWF classic of are you clearly bleeding or bleeding clearly? Mm. It's more like he ran into the mimes invisible box. Busted wide open. Yeah. <laughs> I mean he did he didn't start crying right away, so it was kind of funny because it's like he hit it, it knocked him over, and he just kind of looked up at Lefty and I, and it's that look of like, what the hell just hit me? It was <laughs> Again, he, he couldn't help but laugh. Oh. And he was mostly scared. He wasn't injured. It was just, as I said, if you feel like, hey, hey, this is all clear. I can just walk through here and you don't understand the concept of clear glass. I can understand that being scary. Things to keep you down. A combination of life and gravity. Welcome to the world, Howie Jr. <laughs> I philosophical yes. in the house tonight <laughs> yes a little bit i put on the all-star jersey and then i have all knowledge you know it's just oh. either that or you have like <laughs> yes. a fortune cookie generator so, up <laughs> mm, that would be a good idea maybe for next week but i'd have to remember between now and then so we'll see what happens next week. Join us for the next episode of Beer Blues and BS. <sighs> so uh, obviously this is uh, our favorite part of the show because it's our chance to begin drinking. It is the what's on tap. And I have to call out some shenanigans from Lane. Now, Lane gave the teaser. Hey, I got some stuff to bring in. I'm going to give you guys some beer. Great. That would be awesome. Thanks, Lane. I might mention that this was on Monday. <laughs> Do you see me with beers here? No. Because Lane kept teasing all week. I'm going to, I got to bring in some beers for you guys. You guys are going to love. No, wait, this is a double IPA. You're going to hate it. But it's content for the show, Lane. Did Lane bring these aforementioned beers in? Will Lane continue to tease us with the thought of more beverages provided for us and getting a sponsorship on the bias of beer portion of the what's on tap? These are questions that we'll find out next week on Beer, Blues, and BS. So this week, we just have to delve into the fridge and find out what's next on tap. Howie Blues, what say you on this news? Um, Just that I'm highly disappointed in Lane. I'm, to be honest, that's a gentleman from Indiana sort of move. To which um, that's very true. They don't even say, know each other, so I'm surprised that he'd stoop that low. Yeah, but I do need to say uh, congratulations to the gentleman from Indiana. It is his 10-year anniversary. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I was in that wedding, Kidder. That was a good wedding. Actually, it was a weird wedding. Um, and I don't know if, how much I should say on it. <laughs> uh, I, uh, public I, record yes well public record and i don't wish to make fun of someone's religion uh let me put it this way um 
two things. One, uh, it quickly got out about the, and Kidder, you know the story, and I'm not going to go into it because it's a story we should wait for one day when the gentleman from Indiana is actually on the show to tell it. Um, he has to be on the show first. I know. Um, so, people, if you want to know more about this story, uh, but Kidder quickly got out that I was one of the um, members of the infamous mail truck stealing incident. Uh, so his parents weren't real thrilled with me. Um, and if you want to know more, hey, start, <laughs> you know, start letting people know. We need that gentleman from Indiana on here so I can tell that story. So that was one. The second Maybe thing, Kidder, petition on change.org. <sighs> Gentlemen we'll from start. Indiana to be on Beer Blues and BS. We'll just start like uh maybe like a hashtag or something, you know. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll talk marketing strategy. Uh the other thing, Kidder, that was uh big on that whole wedding thing uh was at the reception, they let out anybody who wanted to to make a speech. And uh the the speeches all kind of went the same because it was mostly the bride's family like immediate family and like they were almost all carbon copy of well i never thought that she would be the type to fall in love but three days ago when i met the gentleman from indiana i could understand why they fell in love <laughs> i was so tempted kidder to get up and give that same speech at that uh, wedding, but I didn't think it would go over well. Um, I was already in hot water because of the mail trucks, but I was tempted to uh, get up and do the whole, you know, I didn't think she was the type to fall in love, but three days ago when I met, <laughs> would have been when good. I met the gentleman from Indiana. Indiana and he asked me to be at his wedding. That was kind of weird, but I'm here, you know, it would have it been good. How did you get my number? Yeah. Is this one of those blind calls? To see what'll happen. Are you Bud Light? Are you trying to sponsor me and see who's who's up for whatever? Um, hmm. I we could make more, that happen. <clears throat> I think it was more of like he didn't have enough friends to match in the wedding party. So, you know, it's like, hey, I, I need a seat filler. That's, that's Great. More of it. Get those butts in seats. Or in this case, in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, disappointing to hear that uh, Lane is being a bit of a tease on that. Um, I'm sure our revenge and retaliation will be swift and sound. Um, we'll, we'll we'll talk after the episode, and we'll we'll, we'll plot. Yeah, it shouldn't be too hard. It'll be yeah. fine. So, Kidder, and we'll see you in the next two weeks if uh, you know he brings us some beverages. But your question. I was just going to say, what what are you drinking over there tonight? What is Kidder uh, pulling from the fridge? You know, I was going to see what you had first, because it seems that I've been going first lately more than you have, and so I would like you to go first. Is the gentlemanly move, unlike the gentleman from Indiana, <laughs> you should uh, go first this evening, share what's on tap, what did you pull out of the howard cave of wonder this evening for your delightful tasty hopefully beverage well kidder i'm still working through those seasonal beers um <laughs> ah yes I, I only got like three of them left I think. tis the season 
Um, and this one comes from a all-time great brewery, one that we love having on the show. It's the Wasatch Brewery. You might remember it from such classics on this episode or on this show as uh, the Pumpkin Ale or Black O' Lantern or whatever that blueberry crap was that Kidder drank about a month or so ago. But uh, yes, this is their seasonal. Uh, it's called Snowbank. And it is an amber lager. Uh, let's see. 5% alcohol by volume. Uh, 15 IBUs. They say it tastes like it is crisp, malty, clean. When the snow starts to pile up, it's time to reach for the delicious malty notes of Snowbank Amber Lager. A smooth malt backbone is balanced with heaps of hops for a crisp, clean refresher. Let it snow. Uh, these guys are, again, out of Salt Lake City, Utah, established in 1986. Um, yeah, their slogan, we drink our share and sell the rest. And, yes, I think that is all the information on the can. We will give it a whiff. Hmm. Not a uh, not an expensive smell. It smells kind of like a Bud Light. If I was to give you give that for the audience, uh, if you're wondering why Kidder's not interacting right now, he's chasing his cats around his room, um, so he can't hear any of this. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, mm. It's like a really malty, like Bud Light kidder. Hmm. <laughs> I like how you're chewing through it. You're like, well, it's got. Once you get through the malty uh, Bud Light kind of taste of it, it's got a very feels like you're just like chewing on raw grain at the end. It's um, hmm. kind of sticks with you in a not so great way. I wonder if I would like it. I thought I had one of those in my fridge, but unfortunately, I do not. So, I cannot you, drink that with you. You, uh, you might like it. Um, I'd probably rate it a like two. So, it's not, it's not terrible. Maybe two is a little harsh. Maybe I'd go a two point five. You know, <laughs> a little closer to a little below average. Um, I'll get through it. I'll get through it. Nothing super okay. special. I'll put it that way. Fair enough. That's all right. It's not a crushable lager like Breckenridge Brewing's Mountain Time, a proud sponsor of your Colorado Avalanche. Mm -hmm. Did you notice, Kidder, we had a bit of confusion, you and I, about the official uh, sponsor? Because last season, the official beer was Avalanche. Mm -hmm, this year, mm -hmm. it's Mountain Time. Mm -hmm. There was a little confusion a couple episodes back, because I was talking about last year's. You were talking about this year's. We just like so, good beer. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I think the shows are better when it's bad beer. Uh, yeah, I mean... One of our all-time classics, if you have not seen it yet, is the show from uh, three weeks ago now. 
with the trifecta of troubled beers. Yeah. Yeah. You should, you should see that. And again, extending the disappointment because a certain lane started watching it, saw my reaction and then hesitated to try that first beer. He has all three and he wasn't going to sit down and watch all three of them or and watch all, th- all the episode and then drink all three of them. He uh, wanted to save the others for later. That's why we are the true broadcast professionals because we went the gauntlet with all three of those terrible beers. We drank all three of them 100% and we finished the episode probably stronger than we started it. So damn it just shows our professionalism on this show and what we go through for you our devout fans. So thank you. Yeah, two things to that uh, Kidder. First, uh, there was a call out in the comments section of that particular episode. Uh, everybody's favorite local geek actually is making a call for Lane's ratings on that trifecta of beers. Oh, so uh, there's a call out there. Uh, the second thing is, Lane, I'm disappointed in you. Yeah, this is just not a great episode for you, man. No, you better step it up next week. Sliding, I know. At least you have that, uh, that thick, thick bud light over there. So I'm happy for you. (laughs) Wish you'd make louder noise because he's just, he's just sitting there chewing after he took a drink. All right. Well, while you chew through the rest of your cud, I, uh, after seeing your beverage, I did rifle through my triple B fridge and found a Wasatch Brewery companion myself. That's right. The Devastator! And uh, I don't know if Howard has had this one yet, but we'll see. If he has, and I don't know if I'm really going to like this or not. Uh, We'll we'll see because uh, it is a double Bach lager and 8% alcohol in this 12 full ounce can. On top of it, it is an 18 IBU uh, beverage. Now, according to the back of this, it says it tastes like plum malt and rich i don't know what rich tastes like but if it tastes like money i don't know what that tastes like either because yeah don't have enough to eat so what it says on the back here is if you're going to sin sin big our double bock is sweet toasty and rich but finishes gentle This beer has developed a serious cult following. Imagine that, a cult following in Utah. I think they're throwing some shade there at some people who like following comets. Again, as Howard said, we drink our share and sell the rest. Established in 1986, Wasatch Brewery from South Lake City, Utah. And uh, on the bottom, it says, mmm, 
12 fluid ounces of beer, period. Yeah, how about that? So again, uh, Howard, as you can see, because I was reading off of it, yes, it has plum, malt, and rich for the tasting notes on this. Again, I don't know what rich tastes like, but eh, whatever. The one positive note on it, if you look on the side of the can, if it actually focuses, it uh, is a Ball Corporation can. Of course, uh, proud sponsor of your Colorado Avalanche. So let's see what rich tastes like. Hmm. I don't know why it would, but it kind of smells like rubbing alcohol. No. Oh, now there's the, uh, there's the toasty, toasty notes of, uh, like burnt. Hmm. All right. Here we go. That's thick. It's that's, um, dark. Not tasting the plum, but <clears throat> and, and the beer on the uh, the rim doesn't look that dark either. It looks like a, a golden ale, probably about like the same that you have. So maybe they're putting almost the same beer. Like maybe this is the first run and then the stuff you have is the second run. Like when they wash out all of the the uh, brewing containers and whatnot. I don't know. Yeah, I, st- mm. I still yeah. just have not found a beer by these guys that I'm like, yes, amazing. Yeah, I'm not really wowed by it. I don't really taste the plum, which um, honestly is fine. <laughs> but it just, I don't know. When you when it says a double bock, I'm like, okay, maybe. Just maybe it'll be like a thick shiner bock, you know, a true bock, but thicker. No, no, this is, it's kind of weak. So it's, it is not devastating me. Mm. Mm. Whatever that's, I'll get through it. Man, mm. some some mild. This it's has fine. been like a a disappointing what's on tap, disappointing beer, disappointing lane. What Man, a giant letdown this week. Hmm. Which is a great transition into wrestling. Yeah, there was some disappointment. And if of course you haven't seen it yet, you can visit our special recap and review episode of the WWE Royal Rumble 2022, the 35th anniversary edition of the Royal Rumble. <clears throat> yeah, it was it was pretty weak in a lot of spots compared to what I would like to see it as. But as uh, we talked about, you know, some of the the secret entrance it wasn't really a secret, but it kind of was Shane O'Mac, Shane McMahon entering the Royal Rumble. Uh, your thoughts on Shane being in the Rumble? I mean, is it kind of like 
it's still a necessity almost like you expect Shane to be there every year. What, what do you feel there? How we lose? Well, I don't expect him to be there every year. Um, you know, cause he really, he's not with the company. Uh, he's, it's not like when he's not there, he's in the front office doing business or and such. He's, he is not really a part of WWE for the most part. And he kind of comes back around this time each year to kind of be a big name that they can attach to like WrestleMania. Uh, He's not one of my favorite wrestlers. He's got some punches that look pretty terrible. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it it sounds like there was quite the kerfuffle with uh, this year's rumble on a lot of things being changed, plans being changed, stuff being rewritten. Um, and that might've been, uh, I was listening to some commentary, uh, earlier tonight, Kidder, cause I knew we were going to talk about this. Uh, and they were talking about how some of these changes are part of what made the rumble boring. The fact that there were no big old legend surprise entrance kind of affected people. Uh, but also just kind of even the order that people came out in, you kind of like, especially I think they put it once uh, Lesnar got in the match, you knew who was winning it. And it just kind of took away any of the the drama. There were people in there that you didn't sit there and go, well, I think they're going to win. And of course there's always a couple of people in there that you're like, well, they're not going to win. They just need a body. But yeah, there was a lot of nobody who's going to win it uh, in that match. So apparently earlier in the week, uh, which we didn't know when we recorded our review episode, but earlier in the week, it was a 50 50 between Riddle or Randy Orton winning. And uh, the thought was number one, Matt Riddle winning it because he's a hot new talent. But then the other thought was Randy Orton should win it because then he would be a three time Royal Rumble winner, which currently stone cold is the only three-time royal rumble winner uh on top of that the interesting thing with shane omack he uh, does not have any stock in the company anymore uh, sold it all gave it all whatever the case was he 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 doesn't have any more stock in wwe so he's not an owner of the company he's not an executive in the company and he was just brought in as a a superstar with uh, the standard superstar uh, you are on contract with the company. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Well, he, more than a superstar, because he did have some booking um, involvement in the match, um, which it's not the first rumble that he's booked or been a part of the booking. Uh, so he was a part of this, which... Uh, after the rumble, there was some rumors and it seems fairly true that some of his decisions kind of earned him some heat and that he is now once again, gone from the company and won't be continuing where it sounds like there were some, there's some rumors that the plans were originally for him to go to mania 
and face Seth Rollins is the rumor. Mm-hmm. Take it for what you will. I mean, this is the WWE. Some of this stuff gets rewritten up until right like, before it happens. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> take take that as a with a grain of salt. But that was part of it. Was what was supposedly going to happen. Uh, there was another rumor that he was going to challenge uh, Lashley, um, which that doesn't make much sense either. Um, but yeah. Uh, it, it's one of those where, as I said, I I don't mind Shane O'Mac, but at the same time, he's not the biggest nostalgia pop for me when he's in there. I, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Apparently, it was he was involved with trying to write the rumble as it was happening, and then he and Vince were arguing about how to do it. And then Lesnar was involved and some other people are saying Paul Heyman was also involved and trying to get these different spots and not only the order of them, but on top of it, who would have a bigger push in the rumble and potentially have uh, a better, well, win opportunity so super bizarre super bizarre i and i I mean for for the audience if you don't follow wrestling and you're still listening at this point good (laughs) on you Um, yeah but uh just an example just how weird this was even if you weren't going to have orton win it you had him come out I, i forget but he was like 27, 28, 29. Like, he was one of the last guys in. The guy is from St. Louis. Uh, I think somebody said that he got the second biggest pop of the night. And you hardly used him. He was hardly there. If you're not going to have him win, why not get him out sooner and and make the audience feel better about him being in the rumble longer and have a good showing even if he doesn't win it you know there's Mm -hmm. there's that because when he comes out that late and then he's not in there that long it's just nobody's real happy about it yeah so but just an example of just how screwy this rumble was yep and then the fallout from the rumble of course the you know finale with lesnar winning the Royal Rumble match and being in the Elimination Chamber, he is saying that he will win Elimination Chamber, retain or regain, I should say, regain the WWE Championship, and then still go on to WrestleMania and have it be title versus title, where he would, you know, do his best to win and then be a two-time, uh, or well, more than two-time Universal Champion, but a two-belt champion at once. So, you know, don't it, think it's going to win. Don't think it's going to happen. You know, it's interesting, Kidder. Uh, I, again, some of the commentary I was listening to tonight as I was cooking dinner and such, uh, they were talking about this, and apparently, Reigns and Lesnar want want their WrestleMania match to be title versus title. And they, especially after 
Brock got the title at day one. They wanted to be title versus title. Management said no. And that's why they, they stripped the belt from stripped the belt. They get, you know, they had Lesnar lose to Lashley. Um but there there is talk that they might now go back to title versus title. And uh, the, the gentleman I were listening was listening to were actually having a bit of a debate of if they do that, do they keep it as two titles or do they finally consolidate and we end the brand split and we go back to one roster united? That would be much better in my opinion because having two top tier belts like that, it I've always felt the WWE title was uh, a more prestigious title in WWE than the previous world heavyweight title. And of course now the universal title and honestly with the colored belt, like it is, I think it's kind of a joke. So like I'm the champion of the universe. No, shut up. I I know it's the WWE universe, but it's still not as good as the WWE title and i think pairing that down getting rid of it and having one main champion especially with how few people they have who are championship material would be a lot better but what are you gonna do and it would get rid of this the whole ridiculousness of all this talent has showed up on, you know, SmackDown, but there's a Raw star. How could this be? And having to come up with some loophole for that. Just, you could make it one roster. And you could still have stars who predominantly appear on one show or another. That's mm-hmm. what they do in AEW. It There are stars who you're most likely going to see on Rampage versus Dynamite. And that's okay to divide the talent that way. And you can still see people slide up and down and be in different spots on there. It's not a big deal. So there's, there's some of that that was, um, it was an interesting debate to, to listen to. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but speaking of the, um, the shrinking title or um, roster kidder, because I know you and I have covered the whole like WWE purge and the shrinking of the roster did you see uh, WWE's 2021 revenue number came out? Yeah, it was like $1.21 billion, right. something like that. Right. So they made over a billion dollars. The most profit revenue. they have ever made in, in their history. Right. And the majority of the reasons we saw for personnel cuts this last year was all budget reasons. And I'm sure part of that revenue going up is, you know, yes, if you shrink your roster and you have less salary, that means you have less expenses and therefore you have more profit and a greater revenue. So, yes, I get that aspect of it. But it feels really kind of weird to be saying, well, we have terminated, I forget where we lost count at, somewhere in like 80, 90 people. To make a billion dollars, um, yeah, it's uh, that was that was an interesting one that I when I saw that number I was like, whoa, yep, they made the most money in the history of their company, and they're still cutting people, uh, and still making a ton of money off of the Peacock subscribers, which 
obviously I am because we have to watch the paper or sorry, the live premium events because they're premium. They're live and they're events. Will you remember them? Probably not, but that's why we're here to recap them for you. So then you remember what happened not even a week ago. Uh, the other, uh, I guess, final piece I want to mention on the road to WrestleMania is Goldberg is back tonight. And yes, he will be uh, appearing at Elimination Chamber in Saudi Arabia. So we have uh, another three weeks of Goldberg, at least potentially through WrestleMania. So it's been an interesting week of WWE news. Um Let's maybe switch over to AEW for a little bit. Apparently, Brian Kendrick, the Brian Kendrick, who is not as uh, cool or interesting as the Mark Kidder, let me tell you, apparently believed in a, a bunch of conspiracy theories. Now, what are these conspiracy theories? I don't want to share them because I don't want to be on record sharing these conspiracy theories because they were bad enough to get Brian Kendrick pretty much let go from WWE. And then not two hours later, after his WWE release, he's going to appear on AEW. Very excited. And then within an hour or two after that, Tony Khan found out about Brian Kendrick's conspiracy theories that he had shared on the interwebs. And they canceled his AEW appearance and would not be appearing on AEW because AEW does not support these conspiracy theories, nor think they have a place for them within the AEW universe. So I'm not going to share them, talk about them, but future Howard has a couple uh, pictures to show from the screenshots from um, Brian Kendrick's tweets there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, and I guess the way to put it you know, for the audio listeners, if you don't, um, if you are familiar with Alex Jones and his uh, crazy theories and such, they're along those same lines, uh, if not some of the same. So to give you, for those of you who are up on your crazy people with radio shows, conspiracy theories, there you go. Yeah, I don't know that we need to say... Uh, any real more on that, Kidder? Uh, I did hear about uh, a particular match that happened on Dynamite, which might also explain why mm-hmm. they're wearing black. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. <clears throat> um, it was a decent match. MJF and CM Punk in Chicago. And I think they booked it this way because then, of course, MJF can have a lot of extra heat because now he can say that he beat CM Punk twice in his hometown. Yeah. Uh, uh, The first time uh, MJF uh, put CM Punk into a sleeper but had applied some wrapped up tape, so he was essentially strangling CM Punk. And then the, the, you know, CM Punk dipped and the official counted it as a win and then saw the piece of tape fall out and then insisted that the match restart or continue. 
So then they continued. And then with some outside interference from Wardlow handing the diamond ring to MJF with the ref turned and MJF is or uh, Wardlow is the distraction. MJF then punched CM Punk, knocked him out and uh, got the one, two, three pin. <clears throat> so, mm hmm. Yeah. It'll be interesting to first see where they loss. go. Yeah, first loss, as you were saying. It'll be interesting to see where they go with this. Um, some of what I was hearing, the speculation is that we're going to get at the pay-per-view uh, would probably be CM Punk versus Wardlow and MJF getting a shot at the champion, uh, Adam Hangman Page. So I, if that's the direction they're going, then... It makes sense. You don't want to. You want to keep building MJF, since you're building your match between him and Hangman Page. Totally get that. Um, and I think you'll still get. I, I think hopefully Punk will get his revenge somewhere down the line. Um, but I, I think you. I think you. Everybody kind of knew that at some point. Punk was going to have a loss, so it, it was going to happen. And what better way to get extra cheap heat than to beat a huge, huge person in their hometown? So I, I get it, but still, yes. So on we go. How about how about uh, some food talk? You like food, I, don't you? <laughs> well, yeah. Or or do you have more wrestling yeah. to talk about? You're you're chewing on your beer again, and uh, that was the joke I was going for right there. Yep, until the leg kind of killed that joke. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Kidder. Uh, I I got some interesting photos from you, and you said, "Boy, do I have a lot to talk about." Kidder, it looks like uh, you were experimenting with some uh, fast food culinary action, uh, if I do describe it that way. Uh, so, Kidder, what exactly what were you doing? And how much so, liquor did you consume to make this happen? Um, none of them. Oh. Zero, zero alcohol was involved with this. Uh, in fact, it is a... Uh, the reason that I did this aforementioned action is because McDonald's is advertising it right now. Apparently, it used to be just a secret part of the menu. And by secret part of the menu, you just had to know to order a couple of these things together. And then you could put the bigger sandwich together yourself. So... The first one is the menu hack picture itself, what McDonald's calls their menu hacks. And they have three of them that they're advertising right now. First is the Surf Plus Turf. It's only 830 calories and is uh, in the Bismarck market anyway, $7.19. The second one is the Crunchy Double which is 700 calories and is a cool $6.39 in the Bismarck market. 
And then the grand sandwich of them all, <clears throat> the land, air, and sea. Only 1,330 calories and $11.19 for this bad boy. Yes. <clears throat> so the first one, as we talk about the surf plus turf, now this one is a McDouble and a filet fish sandwich. You order those two, or if you right now, either through the app or at the restaurant, say that you want a surf and turf or surf plus turf, you will get the filet of fish and the McDouble. Uh, again, the $7.19 for just the sandwich. And uh, pulling up the picture, that's the, the first picture. Uh, I, the, it's hard to make this picture really appetizing, okay? It, it's, it's, it's really hard because obviously in the promotional photos, you have this great lighting, you have this great preserved piece of meat and then of course the the chefs building the sandwich for the promotional portion and marketing you know that that whole thing to make it look good so of course it looks good in the surf plus turf right at the top right yeah that you know it looks good so you put it together that one okay would I get it again? No. <clears throat> Moving on to the second on the list, the crunchy double. Uh, I should order between or should mention that uh, between the two of us, we ordered the three of them. So then we could essentially sample the different flavors of each of them and then not um, suddenly develop diabetes overnight. So the second sandwich on here is the crunchy double with uh, 700 calories. And again, $6.39. This one is a McDouble and a six piece chicken nuggets. Now this one, this one is, uh, is simple and is good. So you you pull the, uh, the or basically flip the burger over and then you can put the nuggets uh, on the bottom bun you get your sauce of choice, which they advertise it as the tangy barbecue sauce. Pour that onto your chicken nuggets. Put the the McDouble back on there, and uh, you are good to go. This one was enjoyable, and I would get it again. The uh, reason is because you have your your tasty hamburger, like you normally like your McDouble, but then you have the crunchy notes underneath of the chicken. So very tasty, nice, crunchy, tasty, the tanginess of the barbecue sauce. So that was a nice, a nice mix. So I would get that one again. The third one, <laughs> man, the, the land, air and sea. That was, that was something because you have three full size sandwiches. I shouldn't say full size, two full size sandwiches and then you know, the uh, value menu sandwich, McChicken. <clears throat> so you pull those apart. You put the chicken on top of the hamburger on the top because it's a Big Mac. And uh, you drop the lettuce mayo and uh, the uh, McDonald's special sauce and, and the lettuce there on the top. Then you put your middle bun 
And then you pull that one off and you put the filet of fish there. And then it's the second patty for the burger of your Big Mac. And then, of course, your bottom bun. <laughs> this, this some bitch was, it was this thick. And, of course, uh, looking in the picture, you can see all of it in its glory. And then you have the close-up video of me taking a bite out of the damn thing and trying to eat the damn thing. <clears throat> I made it through all of it. Later that night, I I was full. I, I was kind of in pain because I was in full. It was one of those... Oh, that was a lot because I'm sure I ate over 2000 calories in that meal by itself. I, I wouldn't doubt it. Well, I mean, if I did the math between the, the two damn sandwiches there, because I had the, I had the last two. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I had over 2000 calories with just the two sandwiches alone. And then of course, on top of that, had a Sprite because you you really can't go <clears throat> without a filet of fish and a small Sprite. And that's a throwback joke for uh, for those of you who know where that is. And uh, yeah, that was that was a meal and the fries. <sighs> so it, what my suggestion is, and of course, I want it all because of this show being able to share it with with all of you and having that content what i would suggest is if you like or think you would like any of those three go enjoy but order a small meal and just get that because that will probably be well in well more than enough than uh, what you would want for uh, for a whole meal so yes the mcdonald's menu hacks are here how long? I don't know. Go try them out. Hmm. And then go take a walk on a treadmill for about three days. <laughs> Devastator. That's done. Yeah, I, I finished uh, the snowbank while uh, you were talking. So we are here <clears throat> done with those beers. Thankfully, I believe. Well, <clears throat> now that uh, we're at this point in the show, the question to you, Howard, what's on tap two? Oh, you mean I have to have a second one? You don't have to. Oh, well, that's okay. I have this uh, Laughing Sun iHeart ND uh, Golden Ale. Uh, Good choice. Just happened to be just happened to be sitting here, uh, so how convenient. Uh, I don't really need to do much review on this show. Kidder has had it on the show many, many, many times. Um, in fact, actually, Kidder's the one who uh, gave me this one. <laughs> it has uh, been in my fridge since he has, and I it, it just keeps getting pushed back to all of these other uh, beers seasonals that i've been trying so finally i'm breaking it out giving it the old taste and uh and such so but uh yeah brewed right here in bismarck north dakota shot that's not bad 
It's not bad. I like it better than the snowbank. I'll put it that way. Yeah, the uh, iHeart ND beer is actually something that you would like to stumble across instead of a snowbank. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> so <clears throat> I have to clear <clears throat> clear out the rest of that devastator because it's devastating the rest of my taste buds. Um, if that didn't finish me off, well, this certainly will. I'm going to pull out, and I don't, I, I'm pretty sure that I've had this on the show. Uh, if not on the show, it was again consumed in Des Moines. Another of the new Belgium products that is from that sampler pack with the quality, quality mountain time new Belgium beer. Howard's got a lot of thumb action going on, I think, and and he's pointing. You can't see it. He's he's he's, he's like thumb finger pistols. So this one is a, a tropical wheat, is what it says it is. And the it is hard to read this with because look at this. It you know it's 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 all shiny. So with all these fancy studio lights that we have as in all two of them it's a little difficult to to read because the glare on this is is terrible um yeah well we're just past the due date on this beer so that'll help out uh new belgium brewing company from fort collins colorado and Asheville, north carolina this summer bliss is a wheat beer with mango spice and natural flavors Snap your sips using Summer Bliss stickers on IG stories. Hashtag OMG. Uh, This is a 5.5% alcohol per volume. And yes, it is 12 full ounces of beer. And um, this is not uh, aluminum from the Ball Corporation. So let's go ahead and open this and see if we can bring some summer our way. Don't you agree, Howard Blues? Are you just a little blue? Just a little bit. But if I was green, I would die. Yeah, it's good. Good that we're not green. So the smell on this is... uh, I'm not, I mean, you get a hint of mango, but then uh, you get a little bit of the uh, malt uh, smell to it. So if you're going for the aroma, yeah, maybe not. So here we go. New Belgium. Cheers to you. You would not like this, Howard. (coughs) That mango is right there. It's like. I don't want to say mango puree because the liquid is not that thick, but it has the same taste of if you were eating dried mangoes or if uh, I'm guessing you ate uh, mango puree and then a little hint of, you know, the malt. So the wheat, if you will. Mm. All right. There's that. That that. I'm either going to finish it quickly or it'll get me through the rest of the show. We'll have to see. (laughs) So what else is new? 
Well, Kidder, uh, I was going to talk about uh, a new product that I stumbled upon. No, I'm not going to talk about the uh, stack of the second wave of Solomon Kane that arrived and is uh, perched there on my Tiki guy, which, uh, yeah, I don't know if you noticed, the Tiki guy finally made it down to the basement. So It's about damn time. Yeah, he's been out in my garage. He's finally back in the cave. So excited to have him back. But uh, no, Kidder, as you know, every now and then I... Uh, Amazon gives me a very interesting suggestion for a product it thinks I need. And uh, boy, Kidder, did it give me an interesting one tonight. It's not quite as good as the Toilet Turtle, but it was just weird enough that I'm like, yep, we got to share this on the show. So, Kidder, you know how some people feel the need to, uh, you know, dress their pets up in, you know, sweaters, costumes, mm-hmm. things like that. Yes. Yeah. And you're a pet owner. Have you ever dressed yes. your cat up, Kidder? Not a costume. The mm. the, the closest that uh, we have ever done is put a bow tie on Orion. And it's just it's just a Velcro thing, so it's a bow tie. He looks very handsome, very dapper, very respectable. And of course, you know, the bow tie, it's somewhat Doctor Who related because bow ties are cool. And then the other is uh, uh, for Freya would be just a, a little a little peony flower like neck uh, stretchy necklace, I guess you could call it for for a pet. It's got a little jingle ball on it. So it's not dressing them up. And no, I I don't feel the need to buy a costume and dress them up, put them through it. I I don't want to deal with that. You know what I mean? But I'm guessing that you, since you brought this up, you found some quality costume. Is this a suggestion or something that you're going to do to, to uh, one of your dad's dogs? Uh, uh, no, I would not do this to one of my dad's dogs. Uh, no, this was something that Amazon, as I said, suggested to me. But Kidder, uh, l- let's face it, uh, you've done some cosplay before with the uh, the old Star Trek convention. Absolutely. Uh, and I know you always go for authenticity with that. You know it. Yep. Right. You know, and uh, you know, for you, you tend to cosplay as an officer, right? not necessarily a named character, but let's say that you wanted your pet to cosplay with you, but you know what, shucks, they just didn't have the right hair. Kidder, Amazon's got you covered because you can buy this product here. That's right. It's a cosplay wig for your pet. Hmm. I never knew that a pet needed a wig. Looking dog. There it is. What? That that dog looks so damn depressed. Like, get that dog some Zoloft or something. Like, well, I mean, in, in fact, you know what? I'm going to go to the next step. That dog does not want to cosplay as Karen, okay? Like, that, that dog, please take the wig off the dog, put the dog out of its misery to help it out, 
and then throw that piece of trash in the garbage. And yes, I'm talking about the wig, not the dog. Although the dog at least would be out of its misery because it'd be in the garbage and it wouldn't have to worry about the wig anymore. (laughs) The dog would be like, why am I in the garbage now? I don't know where I am. Kidder, I like how you picked up on the same joke I was going to make, which is, you know, I don't know anybody who wants to cosplay as a Karen. Um, yeah, you beat me to it, but uh, I'm thanks. sorry. The damn, the damn thing just screams. I need to speak to your manager, and then you end up going to a convention cosplaying as whatever you think that you want to, and then your dog always asks to, to uh, talk to the chief of security just to make sure everything is safe and then talk to the event organizers because there aren't enough water bowls around and then where are the biscuit treats and then the, and then the people are on the stage that you paid to see and then the damn dog wants to go up and ask them why the, they're not portraying themselves as the characters in the show because clearly they're they're characters in the show they're not actually people now the other uh, kind of sad thing about this, Kidder, is that this wig has like a four-star rating. I don't know if you caught that up in the... Uh, I, s- I see that. Up in the corner up there. <laughs> Four out of five Karens approve. Yeah. I I just... I Yeah. Oh, I, I feel sorry for that dog. Um, I, I, I really do. But I, I couldn't yeah. help but share. Thank you for Amazon for once again giving us content for this show. Uh, but, uh, Kidder, uh, you know, it's winter time and when we're not out being part of the national snow shoveling league, uh, mm-hmm. I know we both like to find some time for some recreation and maybe play some video games. So yeah, Kidder, you've been playing any games lately? You know, I have, and, and I was just, uh, as you were transitioning, and I apologize to stomp on your transition a little bit. You do it all the time. It's I blame it on the lag. Let's let's just blame it that on that because you're talking about authenticity, and I didn't want to interrupt the Karen joke because that was just there. But authenticity, this All Star jersey from the 2019 All Star series of yes, your Colorado Avalanche. <clears throat> This is an authentic jersey, so it's not the replica cheap jerseys that you can buy for $80. This is the true actual jersey, just as the players were wearing during that game. And uh, I wanted to mention that these jerseys for this specific year, 2019, are at least on average, apparently... Um, uh, like what they do with Adidas is they collect plastic debris and get recycled plastic products like bottles, for instance, and then they repurpose them somehow and change it into a polyester fiber. And then they, they put them in the jerseys. The fiber is woven into uh, the jerseys. So these jerseys are supposed to have something like, 30 plastic bottles worth of fiber in each jersey. And I was trying to find the exact number because they talk about shoes 
And there are about 11 plastic bottles per pair of shoes and feature laces for like the heel linings and sock lining covers. That's recycled material. But they, the specific jerseys, it doesn't on this specific article have the number of, you know, bottles and pieces of plastic that are within the jersey. But I really enjoyed it because the, uh, the black and the, the gray coloring and, and of course, the distressed and black and white abs logo. So, sorry. A big side note there. So, yes, I don't believe this was in that year's NHL game as a jersey option for your characters. But, been playing a little bit of gaming action, including your favorite Lawn mowing simulator. Yes, I have been mowing the lawns like a lawn mowing son of a bitch. And not only have I been mowing them, but rude boy Kyle keeps mowing them up and shutting them down as well. (laughs) In fact, uh, the the expansion. Yes, there is an expansion that's available. And it's different European historical sites, I guess. Uh, I haven't actually played one of the match or one of the uh, sites yet, but one of them is uh, Stonehenge. <laughs> so we'll we'll be able to mow Stonehenge one of these days. But uh, Rude Boy Kyle brought it to my attention that the expansion was on sale at half off, so it was like four dollars. So I bought the expansion pack, and so did he. Yes, he is stuck in the lawn mowing thrill, if you will. He's he's all up into it. He is so excited about lawn mowing. It's un, unbelievable. Uh, Kyle's cutting grass. So, yes, um, he he bought the expansion and he, in, in fact, helped me find a little bit of a better way to make some cash in the game. So. I have improved and now have two employees instead of just one can mow another 33% of grass even faster. Put them on the contract and make even more money even quicker. So excited about that. Uh, Plus, uh, Kyle uh, shared a a meme with me, which I I laughed. Uh, Well, he sent it to the, the group. Uh, rude boy Nico, a uh, brother Nico and rude boy Kyle and I are, are in a, an Instagram message group. Uh, so we we share some good stuff like uh, today. You know, it's 2010. You just got out of school at 3.30. You head home. You sit down. You put on your Turtle Beach headphones. You turn on your Xbox 360. You join a party. You start Modern Warfare 2. And you see this. Yes. You know what MatPat is, don't you, Howie? Yeah, because it says it right there, but it's Terminal. You see Terminal. You get your UMP45 silence red dot, your marathon, your stopping power, your commando, and you got nothing but time. <laughs> so that, that was today. Uh, but uh, the other day, yeah, he sends he sends this. And in fact, I got to share it. 
with Howie Blues, so then he can put it full screen in all of its screenshotted glory. But yes, you sh- share this with your buddies, and if they don't respond in one second, they own you, uh, owe you a Toro Time Cutter SS4225 45-inch. <laughs> I'm reading it backwards. 2.25 uh, or 5 point, yeah, 22.5. There we go. Horsepower zero turn mower. And now I laugh because that is almost the identical mower to what I have, <laughs> which mine is the SS 4200 lower horsepower. But then Rude Boy Kyle goes, well, at least it's part of the same series. Yeah, I guess you win there, Rude Boy. So, again, with with the lawn mowing in real life and virtually, there's that. Uh, in somewhat breaking gaming news, released uh, information earlier today that GTA 6 is officially under active development and that information was released from rockstar so we need farva on the show again to get his contact to tell uh, you know get that insider information of okay under active development does that mean that they just have a title and then they're working on the cover graphics for the uh, <laughs> the art or do they actually have some design underway and gameplay that they're working on you know are you are you excited for gta 6 i know you didn't really play gta 5 um you know it's one of those things i may or may not get into gta uh, 6 i really had nothing against gta 5 um i think it was just a a matter of like many times with video games you and the gents go out, you buy them right away, you play them, you finish them, or you get to a point where you're done with them, you guys move on to the next thing. And me being cheap, frugal, conservative with my money, um, spending it all on Kickstarters, I mean, use whatever term you like. Uh, I tend to wait until games have been out for quite a while and pick them up cheaper. Um, And so it's kind of one of those things that's like, you know, if I picked it up, I'd kind of end up playing it alone. Um, Which, frankly, is what I did because the multiplayer wasn't really ready when I was playing it. And it wasn't what uh, what I wanted to play. Like there was nothing to do in the multiplayer. So sometimes uh, like Kyle and I would have a group but we'd be playing our individual story missions. You know, we wouldn't actually be playing cooperatively or the multiplayer. We'd just be playing our own game saves and story missions. Unlike uh, Saints Row 3, the two of us played through the entire game in the co-op mode and got all the achievements and as much as we could do in the game until they added more stuff and then we did what we could. <clears throat> but and then, I then they it. remastered it and we never played that <laughs> and then you got the game i mean maybe maybe 
No, I, I did get it because I remember uh, like you guys hopped in to help me with a mission once and it was like you guys came in with like all this gear and I'm just like, <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, it's this, it's like fairly early beginning mission. You guys are just like bulldozing everything. But, oh, this isn't really. That was a super fun mission. Wiping the walls with everyone and everything. Yeah, it was great for you guys. For me, it was just like, yeah, so. It, uh, but yeah, that was that was why I never got into GTA Five. I've watched a lot of um, a lot of different people's um, streams of it, or um, the guys over at Achievement Hunter did a whole series in GTA Five of basically creating their own content in the multiplayer world um, and such. There's some really great um, videos and game types and things that they created throughout that it's a it's a pretty good series to actually watch if you just need background noise um so i it's one of those things where it's like maybe i'd be interested in picking it up but at this point i think i might wait and see what comes out with gta 6 but we'll see i also don't get a lot of time to game these days so yeah for me uh i i wanted to mess around with the pc version of gta 5 because there are mods available many mods available but uh, the specific mods are adding your own police cars with more realistic lighting and then uh, another mod to basically make you a police officer and go around and do you know respond to calls do traffic stops various police related things but within the game and <clears throat> unfortunately i haven't got to the point where i'm able to use the game and play those um missions more or less i mean they're not missions they're you know call outs but i haven't got got it to work yet so and I haven't had a whole lot of time either to try and mess with it and get it to that point where I can make it work. GTA 4, I was able to do that and had a bunch of different police cars, cool lighting and all kinds of awesome stuff. Respond to calls, getting car chases all the time. That was always fun, but I haven't been able to make it work in GTA 5 yet. So... And it's only on the PC version, of course, because some people are like, well, uh, I've got on Xbox. So can I get this mod? No, you you can't because it's an Xbox version. Well, I want it on Xbox. Well, go buy a PC and then you can try and mod your game because it will never be for Xbox. So there's that. <clears throat> Whatever. So I'm I'm kind of excited, but at the same point, we are now in the third console generation that GTA 5 has been available for because I purchased it for Xbox 360 back in the day and played through. So then it went through Xbox One and Xbox One or Xbox Series X and, you know, PC iterations throughout this time. So how long will it actually take them to make this new game? Another five years? When the interest is even lower in it, I mean, I don't know. I I, guess I, we'll I don't I don't know. I think that they found with GTA Five a very successful formula of 
you don't really need much of a, a store or like a solo campaign story mode. But if you then have a multiplayer mode that you can keep releasing new content for all the time, people will will play that. So you don't necessarily need to release it. Because that's the other thing. Um, yes, GTA 5 has been out for years. But at the same time, they have had pretty regular releases and updates and such of the online mode for all that time. Like, they still are putting out new stuff um, for it. New vehicles, new crazy gadgets, new this and that. I mean, there's a lot more to it uh, now than when it first came out. So mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a very similar pattern with GTA 6. I think you'll see a short story mode, and then most of it will be focusing on this online um, mode. Because they, mm-hmm. made, they made buckets of money in that online mode. Um, just, yeah. It's Even with you know, small expansions, right? Um, I mean, that to me is what uh, I enjoyed about Saints Row and uh, also Just Cause. So you have the game and you play through most of the story mode and then by the time you've played through a good portion of the story mode, their first round of extra content comes out as the, the expansion for it. And then you know, you wait another two to four weeks and then the next part of it comes out. And and I really enjoyed that because it, it keeps you coming back to the game. So I enjoyed that part, uh, specifically of Just Cause. Uh, a lot of the expansion stuff for GTA 5, I never purchased or dealt with. I just play the, the uh, storyline portion or the solo missions and wasted quite a bit of time just messing around in the environment. So uh, now another game that has been doing it quite well is Star Trek Online. They are now 12 years old and just celebrated their anniversary the beginning of February. And the brand new featured episode from uh, as we're recording this is a Mirror Universe continued uh, continued story featuring Mirror Lita. Now, Lita in Deep Space Nine, of course, my favorite Star Trek series, started out as a Dabo girl in Quarks watching the Dabo machine. And running the Dabo machine. And then eventually gets involved with Rom's brother, Rom, or Quark's brother, Rom. If I misspoke there, my apologies. And then uh, Rom at the end of the series becomes the Ferengi Grand Negus. And uh, Rom and Lita get married. So that's in the Prime Universe. In the Mirror Universe, Lita is a captain in the uh, militia there, I guess you could call it. And she comes over to the Prime Universe, and then you have some different missions with her where you meet her and you fight her, and she's doing this and that and whatnot. And then, of course, they tie in characters from Star Trek Discovery. 
uh, Ensign Tilly from Discovery uh, in the Mirror Universe is a captain, and they call her Captain Killy. Well, she's involved with storylines. And now, as of this new story, <clears throat> Kate Mulgrew returns to the role of Captain Catherine Janeway of the Starship Voyager. And I think part of it is due to uh, Kate Mulgrew lending her voice for the character to come alive again of of uh, Catherine Janeway for the show Star Trek Prodigy, which I have discussed on this show before. So in this specific mission, uh, Kate Mulgrew lends her voice as Catherine Janeway once again. Uh, first of all, because this takes place after Voyager returned from the Delta Quadrant and after the events of Voyager and uh, Star Trek Nemesis. So Ca uh, Captain Janeway has now been promoted to Admiral. So you meet with Admiral Janeway on USS Voyager and talk about the events of this attack on a research facility. And then the big shock early on in the mission in walks Mirror Universe Janeway. Yeah, it's a pretty good mission and a neat special event, especially with those uh, three individuals I just mentioned. Again, Lita, Tilly, and Janeway having their original voice actors of uh, Chase Masterson and Kate Mulgrew. And I apologize because I'm forgetting the voice actress uh, and the actual actress who plays Ensign Tilly at this moment. But you get them in the game, voicing their characters really brings them to life and uh, able to share that and advance the story. So very cool. Other than that, I'm really hoping that an NHL game comes out real soon that features your Colorado Avalanche because that's uh, really what I'm waiting for to purchase is a new new next gen decent nhl hockey game that features colorado avalanche talent so hopefully the rest of this year the abs win the stanley cup and then really make the uh video game developers at ea take note we are number one so on that note, uh, I just want to uh, throw out a big thanks to a co-worker of mine, Josh. He uh, has had some cards laying around. He's like, you know what? I have some Avalanche cards. Are you interested? I'm like, sure. And he's, he's like, I'll bring them in. I'm like, what do you want from me? He's like, I just don't want them laying around anymore. So big thanks, first of all. Uh, these cards are some classic cards from the 95-96 season. So, yes, the first year of your Colorado Avalanche being in existence since the Quebec Nordiques the year before. And uh, the first card that uh, I want to show is Landon Wilson. And uh, this is a, a cool foil card, as you can uh, sort of see with the lighting as I, I uh, move it around. But the big thing of note from the, the information on the back, and of course, you can easily read it. That's right. 
He was uh, WCHA Rookie of the Year in the uh, 94-95 season playing at the University of North Dakota Fighting Sioux. Yes, Landon, a Fighting Sioux alum. So that's a, a sweet card to have. And then uh, the next card in the lineup here, Yanni Lockinen. Number uh, 123 in this upper deck series. So there's the uh, back of that card. And uh, the interesting thing to note is, uh, again, with the team, <laughs> the uh, team notes show uh, some of the Nordiques <laughs> stats from the year before. So that's, you know, again, kind of interesting. And then uh, the last one. Valerie Kamensky. And uh, look at that. The orange NHL logo. That's uh, the total 90s logo right there, isn't that there, Jake? <laughs> Flipping around to the back here, you can see playing a few years in the uh, NHL. And uh, again, even though. You know, not uh, fancy foil cards or whatnot. Uh, getting uh, a former Fighting Sioux player there, that's a, a real cool thing. So appreciate Josh for just giving me those uh, cards there. And real cool to have another former Fighting Sioux player. So I'm going to put them in the, uh, the old frames with some of our other Avalanche players who were Fighting Sioux players along the way. Cool. Cool. You know, Kidder, um, as I'm drinking this I Heart ND uh, mm -hmm. beer, uh, you know, one of the tasting notes on it is North Dakota. I'm not going to lie. Part of the uh, taste I'm getting from this, uh, did you ever do this as a kid? Like the old farmer thing of like you grab the tall weed piece of grass and you put it in your teeth to imitate the farmers that you saw in the cartoons? Yeah, kind of like the, the old buckwheat, right? Right. <clears throat> mm -hmm. That's kind of a taste I'm getting out of this. It's like mm. I it's the, like that's that's what it's triggering in my mind is like when I used to do that as a kid. Yeah, that kind of grassy taste. <sighs> I tried not to do it because whenever I was around, looked at, smelled, had a whiff of, or thought about any of those sorts of uh grassy notes my allergies would decide to go absolutely berserk and so i didn't want to die <laughs> so i didn't do it often well, but i rather enjoyed that i heard nd it's a good it's a good flavor it, it's not bad it just yeah it has that it's, it's just the note i'm picking up out of it uh as i continue through this can but uh, hey, Kidder, speaking of the fact that like the outdoors is trying to kill you, uh, it's probably a good thing you've never tried to go on a straight line mission. That's yeah. right. I've, Please yeah, since we've been talking about this somewhat frequently on this show, and I always want to know the updates because I know you're absolutely obsessed with it. Just every waking moment, you're studying these videos, watching them, seeing where they go, what they're doing. And I got to thinking, man, you know, that'd be interesting to do. How would we do a straight line across the county? 
or because I don't want to waste time going across the state. That's just that's just too much time. And then I'm like, that's the outdoors. That's a lot of grass. There's ticks, mosquitoes, there's water. That doesn't sound interesting to me. So we'll let these idiots do it for us and get arrested on our, on their own behalf. So you have an update. You Did you follow a new person or is this uh, somebody we're familiar with already? Uh, this is somebody that we're familiar with. I started talking about him uh, last time. This is a, a YouTuber by the name of Kyler Morgan, uh, who has been working on crossing a county uh, in his home state of Indiana. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I, I finished his series, um, and uh, it was kind of interesting because I I had kind of gotten through up. He, his series takes four videos for him to complete his challenge. Um, and I'd gotten about halfway through the third video. And about that point, uh, the gentleman who was traveling with him or the friend who was traveling with him had tapped out, um, which makes Another sense. gentleman from Indiana. Well, yeah, teenager, because these, <laughs> these guys are teenagers. Um, he, he dropped out, but he really wasn't prepared. It'd kind of be like uh, a kid or like if, uh, I know, I'm not quite the wilderness hiker, but you know, you get the city slicker out there who's like, yeah, I'll do this with you, buddy. Let's do it, bro. And, uh, you know, wears tennis shoes and like a tiny backpack and all of that, like just not prepared for trudging through the wilderness. Um, so it made sense that he dropped out. Uh, I, I finished the series and um, it's, it was kind of an interesting ending um, because he he basically he took a week off. He got he got so far. Uh, it took him longer than he thought. Took a week off and uh, came back to finish, which is fine. Um, I get it. And uh, he, he was doing it alone. Uh, he was doing really well, but really at the end of the video kidder, he ended up going through a state park, and it was gorgeous some of the footage he captured was just beautiful and amazing um but he really kind of gave up on like the purity of the challenge uh with it uh ended up going way off the line quite a bit because he was getting tired and the state park had a lot of really steep cliffs and things like that that it just wasn't safe to go down um so it I would say this. It's worth a watch. It's a very good video series. The end is uh, some beautiful, beautiful scenery and such. You just kind of got to get past him kind of at the end. He kind of knows, like, I am not being pure, and I labeled my <laughs> video as walking across the county in a perfectly straight line, and I did not do that, and I'm not even really doing the challenge and I'm not like he kind of gives up on the challenge when he hits the state park, but the scenery is, is beautiful and he does a nice job of filming it. Um, so for that, it's, it's worth the watch. I will also say Kidder, to your comment about why it'd be miserable. These guys almost all do it in winter. Uh, hmm. Just so that there's less vegetation to push through and bugs and things like that. But even that brings its own challenges um, and such. I, I did start another one, Kidder. 
and I think you'll get a kick out of this. I I haven't I I did get past the opening because the guy's like, I've decided to walk across Delaware. It's all of nine miles. I'm antisocial, so hopefully I don't run into anybody. But uh, much like you, Kidder, he's like, uh, well, actually, not quite like you, but there's a little bit of you in it. But he's like, I don't exercise much, so that could be a challenge. Also, mm. I'm pretty much allergic to all of nature, so this might mm. kill me. It's like, yeah. why the hell are you doing this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like everything that this person like hates, exercise, the outdoors, possible interactions with angry people. Boy, I should go do a straight line challenge. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a perfect opportunity to do that. Yeah. His starting point was in a cemetery, and I kid you not. It's like, he's like, well, uh, my first thing is to jump over this uh, chain link fence into this guy's backyard. Oh, he's standing there. I'm just going to have to pretend that I'm uh, mourning whoever's on this gravestone until they go away. It's just like, <laughs> Speaking of YouTube, Kidder, I got an update on a uh, topic that we talked about a while ago. Hmm. Did uh, the YouTube police find us? Uh, no. No, they didn't. Uh, this is, of course, in reference to the uh, scam of false copyright claims. Uh, and this one made the news, Kidder. This is a new story of it. Uh, there is a uh, Minecraft YouTuber by the name of Dream. Um, and Dream got really big um, with a couple of different series. But one of the series that he does is called Manhunt. And it's he um, he's a speedrunner normally. So a lot of his videos have been speedruns of Minecraft. But he, he started doing this where he tries to beat Minecraft while he has a friend try to hunt him down and stop him and they've constantly added to the number so it was him versus one person then him versus two people then him versus three people him versus four people him versus five has been the the latest series and usually they'll do a run a rematch and a finale um it's kind of been the trick his last one is the five man manhunt finale had over 28 million views on this and somebody copyright claimed him hmm. on it. Uh, and it looks like he's heading towards a copyright strike. So he has chosen to delete this video off the platform after like 28 million views. Because he needs to do that in order uh, to talk to YouTube and get it reversed. But just an example of one of these much bigger, much more successful... Uh, YouTubers um, basically being hit with one of these false copyright uh, claims. So I just wanted to share that as a an update because I know we had just talked about it. Uh, that was it showed up in my news feed uh, today as I was reading the news. So yeah, it's just so stupid. I mean, the ease of somebody being able to claim something in your video that isn't your video but you're able to claim it and youtube goes with it stupid like what a what a joke in the terms of service i mean come on right well i mean and how ridiculous i mean it it's 
It's a shame because YouTube videos take time, especially if you're going to make a good one. I, you know, there's a lot that goes into the editing, but even a concept and an idea, you know, you take something like Dream. Dream has been on there for a long time and he's done a lot of things and he hit success with this Manhunt series. Um, and I have watched some of these kidder, some of them, they're just kind of crazy fun to watch. Uh, it's a good in the background kind of thing. But like some of the things that he does within the game of Minecraft, you're just like, ah, you know, like how did you like the little like glitchy, like pro tip things that he can do that you're just like, huh, I would never have thought of doing that. You know, that's a game where if you build a tall tower and you fall off, you know, you take fall damage, you die. But apparently if you drop a boat and click to land in the boat before you hit the ground, you survive. Uh, I would never have thought of that. You know, it, it's just... Oh. it. So, like, that's where it gets really interesting is just to see his creativity of, and all these little tips and things that he, he knows. That's where that gets fun. But, yeah, he, he comes to that length, you know, to then get the people together to record it, to try and make it good, and then to edit it down to something that's watchable. And, like, all of that takes time and effort and such to build and grow and to have somebody just go well that was successful uh mine you know <sighs> you know that's the that's the frustrating part of it and for him not to be able to just and again he's a big youtuber the fact that he can't just go hey youtube hi it's me dream mm -hmm. this is clearly a, a that you know that's the that's the crazy thing with that, you know, and the fact that he has to delete the video before he can even really make an effort to. Yeah, it's it's a shame. It's a shame on things like that. But yeah, it's tough when you're in that creative field and having your stuff stolen. It's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's annoying. Very annoying because <clears throat> you're trying to make make. Uh, uh, I mean, it's not like you're making uh, millions of dollars off of YouTube with their one cent per view or less. But and, and we're not even at the monetization stage because we don't have enough subscribers. So uh, at this point, if you would please click uh, subscribe uh, underneath the video and and click the thumbs up. That'd be great too. That'll help us get in front of another five to ten people. So, yeah, that'd be great. And once we hit uh, a thousand subscribers and like ten thousand watch hours of our content, then we can start being monetized. Which is fine because that's money we're just going to keep putting back into the show. You know. Yes, it'll keep the show going. Kidder, I I actually took a little break from editing the podcast uh last week what uh, yeah uh for anybody who doesn't know i tend to edit the podcast in the evenings after my family goes to sleep so that's when i do it and um i was a little uh little burnt out like well i'll put it this way for kidder like this is the one time a week where we have this conversation but some of our episodes, when they're two hours long, I spend almost every night of that week 
editing, which means I spend like every evening with Kidder uh, for the week. <laughs> and so uh, sometimes I just need a break. I just, I need a break from our own content and our conversations. And so uh, Kidder, I, I had to laugh. I, I took a break and was like, you know what? I just want to watch something a bit mindless and such. Uh, and something that my wife's not going to be like, you're watching it without me. Um, so I put on an old uh, series that I had watched all the way through um, once before. And it's like, it's okay. I can put it on. I can just kind of chill and have it on. Uh, and that that is uh, Criminal Minds. And I, I had to laugh because I got about four or five episodes in. But I just saw uh, here in the news that they are rebooting Criminal Minds. It's what? coming back. Yeah. Kidder is now disappointed for the for the audience because the camera's still on me. He's he's clearly clearly disappointed. He hasn't been this disappointed since Lane didn't get in beer this week. Yeah, it's been what like an hour. Yes. Yes. Kidder is. He's heartbroken. Uh, yeah, it looks like they're, uh, and they call it a reboot. It's basically a continuation of the series. They're coming back, um, not necessarily doing a villain of the week, it sounds like. It sounds like they are doing one uh, big overarching case for the story arc. Uh, they haven't said who all is returning. They just said, hey, anybody who was part of the, the BAU at the end of the series is a possibility of returning. Um, so we'll see. Um, it's going to be on, uh, I believe Paramount Paramount Plus. Plus. Yeah. So yeah, because uh, I watched the original criminal minds, which would be 16 or 17 years ago now, because the series criminal minds ran for 15 years and ended in 2020. And of course with them rebooting it here in 22, That'd be like 17 years ago. So Mandy Patinkin was one of my favorite characters in this show. And then when he left the show, my interest in it went to zero and I stopped watching. But uh, pulling up some quick information, thanks to the interwebs, Criminal Minds will return likely in early 2023 on Paramount+. Plus. The plan is to feature a mix of the characters who remained in the original uh, uh, series there at the end of season 15, which was the end of the show, but mix in some fresh faces. So far, the subject uh, basically to closing the deals with each of the actors and actresses there, uh, the six cast members who were in the final Finale there, yes, the final finale until now, were Joe Mantanga, who's played by David Rossi, Kirsten other, Vangsness. Other way around. Ah, uh, whatever. Okay. David Joe Mantanga, <laughs> who played David Rossi. See, this is how far out of date I am. Thanks, Howard. Kirsten Vangsness, who played Penelope Garcia. AJ Cook, who played... Jennifer Jarreau, 
Paget Brewster, who played Emily Prentice. Uh, Aisha Tyler, who played Dr. Tara Lewis. I did not know Aisha Tyler was on that show. Very interesting. And Adam Rodriguez, who played Luke Alves. Now, I thought Adam Rodriguez was uh, on CSI Miami playing a different character, but um, not 100% sure with that. Uh, Matthew Gray uh, Goobler played Dr. Spencer Reed, indicated earlier that he was done with the role. And uh, Daniel Henney, who played Matt Simmons, stars in The Wheel of Time, which films in Prague, is MIA at the moment. Uh, and then the showrunner, Erica Messer, is still working on her deal with the reboot, which could fall apart without her return. Oh, no! So, uh, could it happen? Sure. It uh, might happen by the end of, uh, well, this year into next year. Now, just reading this information on the show and then thinking about the CSI Vegas reboot, it's like a soft reboot of the CSI series. They, again, are back in Las Vegas and when in the first series, which somewhat felt like a mini series, had William Peterson as Gil Grissom. And uh, I cannot remember her name off the top of my head, uh, who played uh, Sarah Seidel. Those two characters were two of the essentially original CSI characters. And they were brought back in, which was great. Now, I wasn't completely a fan of what they did with the first season of this new CSI, but I watched it and it still had the CSI vibes that I enjoyed and I just watched it for entertainment. Season two of this CSI Vegas. William Peterson will be an executive producer on the show, but Gil Grissom will not be in the show. And as a result, Sarah Seidel will not have that character. Uh, the character of Sarah Seidel will not be in season two. So this show will probably be canceled at the end of or mid season of season two. The other stupid thing that we talked about before on this show is they did 10 episodes. That is not a season. That's a, f a third of a season or half of a season. Like, come on, people. If you're going to do television, give people more. Ten episodes is not a season. This is absolutely stupid. I wish people in the places of television hierarchy would get that shit out of their heads that, oh, we'll just give them this or for this amount of time. It's fine. No, 15 to 20 episodes are a season. Please and thank you. Stop screwing with us there. That's that. Really, the only thing I, I think that I have is, you know, I'm wearing the all-star jersey. Tomorrow officially is the all-star game. And tonight was the all-star skills competition, which was very fun to watch this year. The all-star game and the associated shenanigans are in Las Vegas. And for two of the competitions, 
the NHL uh, number one did a 21 in 22 is what they called it, where they they had uh, five players, one of which being your Colorado Avalanches, Nazem Kadri in the blackout game. And the NHL shut down Las Vegas Boulevard. Yes, the strip in front of the Bellagio and set up a stage with a giant board of every one of every card from a standard 52 card deck. And then the skills competition was you get your puck and you have to shoot the card, right? So in your first shot, hopefully you shoot for a card like a, a face card or an ace because then you either have a 10 or 11. And then on your second shot, obviously you want to get a face card or an ace for those that are available. And if there aren't any available, you're out. So I went through all five of them and uh, Nazem Kadri got an, a blackjack on the first round along with uh, Joe Thornton, I think is uh, uh, the other. He was actually the first one to get it. And then the second round, Kadri ended up uh, missing his second shot. So he was out because he only had eight and didn't have enough. And Freya's coming in to see what's happening here. So check out the little fuzzball in the corner of your screen right here. <laughs> but uh, it turns out uh, Thornton ended up winning. But again, for that specific game, they shut down Las Vegas Boulevard, which is crazy. And set up this giant stage. And through the competition, they ended up taking out a couple of the lights because they're shooting, slap shotting these pucks up there. And you hear, and you, you see the, the damn light flash from it getting busted out. Just who thought of putting lights behind there? Like, what, what did you think was going to happen? But the second part of it was this. Uh, kind of a skills competition of being able to place the pucks within these different sized areas, uh, two of which were set up and they looked like they were the size of face-off circles. And then there was a, a goal, so a net set up, and you had to make a, a goal shot. And then in front, there are two smaller circles, which were, I don't know, two or three size uh, larger than the face-off dot. And they set these up in the middle of the Bellagio Lake where the fountains are. So in the background, the fountain fountains are going off and they put these projection uh, or I guess projectors into the mist of the fountains and they're bright enough so it shows the name of the the person who's currently shooting which was super cool and then the fountains are shooting off as they're trying to shoot the pucks it was really cool to watch and on top of it uh for, so for this section no avalanche players were were in that skills competition but former fighting sioux women's hockey player Monique Lamaru Davidson and of course former Olympic gold medalist. Yes. She competed against five other NHL players. It was awesome to see. 
So when she uh, scored her shots and whatnot, she was second place. So she would have been able to go to the final round and then the two of them face off. But unfortunately, there was another player who edged her out in the time. And so she was out of that competition. But later in the uh, other skills competitions, she was feeding pucks to other players as they did the uh, shootout challenge where there's the four targets in in the net. So it was cool to see her there and having that North Dakota connection to the All-Star game. But of course, as I mentioned, your Colorado Avalanche are at the NHL All-Star game with McKinnon being out due to that facial fracture. Nazem Kadri is there and Kale McCarr ended up filling in uh, or no Kale McCarr was uh, voted in as well. And then another uh, hockey player was brought in to replace uh, McKinnon. So there would have been three abs players there, but with McKinnon having that facial fracture and again, hopefully he's by the time this episode airs, I hope he's back because uh, abs need him in the second half of the season here. But uh, two Avs players, Kale McCarr and Nazem Kadri, representing your Colorado Avalanche tonight's skills competition and tomorrow at uh, 2 o'clock Central Time. So now in the past when this airs, but uh, NHL All-Star Game. We'll see how it is. Hopefully it's a really good game. Yeah. And uh, with that, Kitter. We've been talking for quite a while. I think it's time we have wrap we? this show up. We have. Would you would you uh, like some breaking wrestling news before we wrap this up? You know, it wouldn't be the first time I made a transition and you decided to go off in a different direction. This stab Howard, tra- transition. Howard tries to stick to a straight line and Kidder just goes all over the map. Hey, wait, uh, left turn. It's like you driving the damn warthog and halo. So this is my revenge eternally getting revenge on you. You and your damn driving skills. Like I'm bored with this We're off a cliff. So it is official that Tony Khan from AEW uh, we'll have an announcement and uh, apparently did have an announcement. Uh, either way, they will have a new free agent signing with AEW this coming Wednesday. So now, you know, a week and a half in the past. And they will debut on uh, AEW Dynamite in a qualifier for the Face of the Revolution ladder match versus Isaiah Cassidy. Uh, the Face the Revolution pay-per-view is the next uh, pay-per-view on the docket for them. And then the winner competing uh, of that match will compete for a TNT title shot at AEW uh, Revolution on uh, pay-per-view there. So there's that. And according to Tony Khan on Twitter, The Forbidden Door can be open for anyone from any wrestling promotion in the world, whether or not it's a company AEW is on good terms with, even if it's someone from a company that's open for business. They're also welcome to slam the door in the face of their prior company. Hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. 
Will it be interesting? We'll just have to find out. So with that, I suppose we've been talking for a little bit of of, uh, time here this evening. So thanks for joining us for this episode of Beer, Blues, and BS. Couple quick plugs for you. The main one is go to beerbluesbs.com. Beerbluesbs.com. That is our website. Again, beerbluesbs.com. While you're there, join us on Facebook, join us on YouTube, join us on Spotify, and uh, make sure you visit the merch store. You can click the merch text right at the top of the menu and visit the merch store buy yourself a premium t-shirt or very much interesting other piece of merchandise available for you you can also buy us a beer and thanks to all the people who have purchased beers for us or rounds for us on the website beerbluesbs.com Many things to do, many things to see at beerbluesbs.com, including getting links to our Podbean account, which is the host of all of our audio accounts. Yes, the audio version goes from Podbean to all of the following, including Google Podcasts like Google Play. Yes, you can find the Google Podcasts on the Google Play Store and the Apple Podcasts, which is available on iTunes and the Apple iOS store. And then on any device, you can find Spotify, where you can listen to the Beer, Blues, and BS podcast right there. Also available on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, IMDb, and Player FM. All that and much more available on your favorite audio listening service, BeerBluesAndBS.com for that. And of course, search Beer, Blues, and BS on that favorite service that you might have. So for Howard Blues, thank you for joining us. I'm the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Kidder. We'll catch you on again in the next episode of Beer Blues and BS. So in the meantime, keep your glass at least, at least half full. On top of that, there's free beer tomorrow, and we will catch you on down that dusty Tuscan highway. So have a good one, and we'll see you on the next episode of Beer Blues and BS. You have been listening to a UA production of Beer, Blues, and BS. If you enjoyed the show, help others find out about it by rating the show or leaving a review at your podcast listening service of choice. Thanks for listening, and may your glass never be empty. UA Productions presents A Glimpse Behind the Curtain. We're really chatty tonight. This either bodes well or terrible. I'm sure it'll be fine. Two hours, two and a half hours of silence. I'm sure the the uh, our our podcast listening or viewing friends need that by now.
actually get her the last two episodes have just barely cleared like a minute 45 actually the the last one tonight's episode a minute 45 how are we on the air uh (laughs) sorry an hour 45 no like we've been short like Mm. i kid you not in tonight's episode i hit the we hit the one hour 36 mark and i go well here we've been talking for quite a while and you're like only two hours it's like Mm. We still got like half an hour before two hours. So, well, I'm sure for uh, those people listening or watching, it felt like way more than two hours at that point. Oh, uh, let's face it, you haven't been in the best mood the last few weeks. So, I'm hoping tonight's a little bit better. I End doubt of- it. <laughs> you know why? Because the Avalanche lost this week. okay kidder that doesn't have to ruin your whole week it did it did you gotta let it go man. I'm starting to worry about you can't <laughs> i'd say you're all in black gray hairs but you already have them <laughs> yes yes i was gonna say is this why you're all in black are you in mourning uh, you have to worry sure. about you going through like the what is it eight stages of grief ten stages of grief Sure. Three further. Um.